Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Season 1, Episode 5 of the Real Estate Roundup, uh, powered by RCG Mortgage. If you are an agent and you need a save-me deal, you have a deal dying, you are a consumer, you want to get pre-approved, you want to see how much you can afford, give Andrew Russell and RCG a call. Thanks for listening last week. I had on Shaughnessy Dussling. I accidentally mispronounced her last name uh, last week. She has a real estate last name. Um, we got a lot of positive feedback, so I appreciate everyone tuning in. This week, uh, since I last did this, was pretty good for me. We have three accepted offers, and we put a listing out in Patchogue, and it's literally in less than 24 hours accepted offer already. So the market is still very hot on our end. And I have five closings this week, which is pretty cool. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, they're probably the best week I've ever had. So this week we have the queen bee in real estate. <laughs> <laughs> she, she won't admit it, but she's the queen bee in real estate. She's probably the most famous realtor on the island <laughs> on social media. I'm gonna gas you up a little bit. We have LIBOR no YPN president. Yes. All right, LIBOR YPN president, uh, former, or. Top 20 under 40. Yes. You were also part of the reason why I uh, won this year, so thank you for that. You're welcome. The most famous realtor on the island, Beth Lowe. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming on. She was also on Kyle Kelly's podcast or Pubcast this week, too, so she's, she's going to be on two, <laughs> two and one. She's that famous. Um, so now that I'm done gassing you up, thank you for coming on today. Thank really you for having it. me. Um, you are a former Ward Melville alum as well. Yes, a, I am. Class grad. of 95. Okay. 2012. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, Ward Melville, Three Village. That's good. Um, so... I listened to last night your podcast with Charles in wow. 2016. Yeah, I was his second guest. Yeah, second guest <laughs> ever. Now look, I mean, how he's gotten to. Like, Joe Piccinini's <laughs> needs to change his boxes for going out here today. <laughs> I love you, Joe. Uh, but you know what I mean? So you, you were the second overall guest, so I yes. listened to it a little bit. I didn't know any of that stuff about you. Like, I, I knew a little bit, um, I guess, about how you kind of got into the business, how you got you know laid off of your job, whatever the case, but I didn't know any of that. That is absurd to see and to hear like how you you know got into the business and to where you are now like you're on two podcasts this week you're selling 60 <laughs> houses a year you're selling houses in, in in florida you know what i mean so how did you kind of i mean obviously i know the story now but for the people that have never listened to that charles podcast a handsome buyer can you kind of like explain how you got into the business and yes so back in two, 2008 when like the whole entire economy was falling apart uh, my life was also falling apart i was in a really bad marriage uh, I was married to a drug addict. He was a painkiller addict. He um, was doing fentanyl, so he was very ahead of his time because it was Jeez. 2008. Yeah. So I lost my job, and I was standing with all of my possessions in a box at Penn Station, and I called my dad because that's what I do when I'm upset. And my dad said, what the hell are you crying about? He's like, you hated that job. Mm. You've been miserable since the day you graduated from college. Why don't you figure out what you want to be and be it? And I was like, Okay. So I went home, and um, you know, my life was like just chaos and in shambles. And you were working in fashion in the city. I right? was working in uh, product development. Okay. Um, yes, in the city. So I went home, and I realized that my husband, who used to be a mortgage banker, was actually not going to work. Mm. He was going out and doctor shopping every day for painkillers, and we were like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, and now I have no job. So. Things just kind of continued to get bad, and I told my dad I wanted to be a real estate agent, and he's like, a real estate agent? <laughs> like, the whole entire market is exploding. How, how old are you? How old were you when, like, this all started happening? I was 31. 31, okay. Uh, so, fast forward to February of that year, my, I finally got up the courage to leave this terrible situation I was in, and a week later, my husband overdosed on painkillers and died. Oh, so, uh, there I was at 31 years old, with really no place to live, with no money, with no job, in and debt. I was in so much debt. Like a, mm -hmm. I had his car, I had his Mustang. I couldn't drive it, let alone sell it. Mm -hmm. um, and I really had nothing left to lose. So I was like, you know what? 
I'm gonna get my real estate license. Yeah. Took the test, finally got my license on August 6th. So 10 years next week, I'll be licensed. Nice, for ten, I'll be licensed for 10 years next week. Mm -hmm. But then I was too scared to do anything. So I sat yeah. there and I didn't do anything because I was like, I don't have any money. And then I'm like, well, you don't have any money because you're not doing anything. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know what? You have nothing, I have nothing to lose. I have yeah. nothing to lose. I went out, I got um, a job. I didn't know anything about joining a brokerage. I joined somebody who was selling a lot of foreclosures mm -hmm. and I learned a lot. I sold a house on my, I sold my first house at my first open house. Wow. And then I didn't sell another house for three or four months. And everyone around the office was like, she's a one hit wonder. Yeah, yeah. She's not going to be anything. And then um, I met somebody who kind of encouraged me to find the right brokerage for me. So I ended up interviewing at a bunch and I picked Exit, which no one had ever heard of at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and now, I mean, you got to be like the number one exit agent, right? Like, um, sorry, sorry, Jason, if you're watching. Oh, no. I'm <laughs> sorry, Susan. No, no, Susan's not an agent. But I'm, I mean, I've been number one in Susan's office since we opened and yeah. I'm usually in the top. 50 of the top 100 in U.S. and Canada. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, I worked hard to get there. <laughs> no, of um, but yeah, so I joined Exit and I had sold like four houses at the time. I was the fifth agent to join Exit. No one had ever heard of Exit when I used to call to make appointments. And mm -hmm. I just took all the training that they had, put my, you know, put my head down. And my first year with Exit, I sold 27 houses. Wow. So were you in the, like the worst market ever in 2010. Did you go straight? Like, so did you do something part time or you just went like right into full time? I went back to bartending. Okay. Um, I got my butt back behind the bar. Yeah, and I yeah. How long did you bartend? I had to bartend for almost the first full year I was at Exit. Okay. By the following June, I was able to quit bartending. Yeah. I had my first month where I made like... $20,000, which was like a ton of money, like yeah. for me, like it was just so much money. Like, mm -hmm. and I remember telling the manager that I didn't need to bartend anymore. And he's like, why, how much money do you make selling real estate? I'm like, I made $20,000 this month. And he was like, yeah. what? He was like, what? Yeah. And now I still see him when I like go out at sometimes. And he's mm -hmm. like, he's like 20. I'm like, yeah, that's like, that's like a baby yeah. month now. I'm like, oh, I'm like, yeah, that was crazy. But it was a lot, it was a lot. It was life changing yeah. for me at that moment. Mm -hmm. You know, the amount of things I could do with that money, you know, I was paying like $900 in rent. Like, yeah. you know, so it was just like a life-changing amount of money for yeah, me. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and Mike Murphy always says too, like he was on Charles' podcast too, he said that people that are in the hospitality industry or, you know, that have experience in it, oftentimes, you know, translate really well over to real estate because you can talk to people, you know, you know how to fix problems, everything. So You can take a lot of shit. You can take a lot of shit, exactly, <laughs> which is like 90% of our business. Poorly. Yeah, exactly. You're used to it. Yeah, exactly. Which is like 90% of our business. Yeah, so. Kyle was a bartender too. I think there's a bunch of us who yeah. used to be bartenders. Yeah, I was too. So, I mean, that's coming from the hospitality industry, you definitely have a little bit of an added bonus, you know, jumping into this business. So, you sold 27, 28 houses your first year, full time. My first year, full time. When did it finally like start to like kind of click? Like, okay, you know, I just sold 27 houses. Like, I know what I'm doing now. Leads are coming in, referrals, everything. Like, was um, it that first year? It, it kind of was. I mean, it was just such like a weird like time in the market because it was not a good time in the market. Yeah. Like, there were times where I had like, 20 listings and I needed to get price reductions wow. on all of them. Like it was yeah. just so different from mm -hmm. like what it is now. Like yeah. I, I like, I don't feel bad for you because you're very, you're doing very well, but like <laughs> when, when that starts to shift a little bit, it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's, well, I mean, it's definitely different and you definitely learn a lot. And I did a lot of short sales mm -hmm. and just a lot of unhappy conversations all the time. I remember my first listing appointment, that I actually got to tell the people that they were going to make money mm -hmm. didn't come until like 2014. Wow. 
So from like 2010 to 2014, every listing appointment I had, (laughs) unless it was an investor or like a flipper, was like, I'm really sorry you bought this house for 500,000 and we can sell it for 425. How, yeah. how, how does that sound? Yeah. You know, and that was like literally like yeah. every conversation. So it was like a lot of like, not a lot of like happy, joyous moments. Yeah. You know, it was just like a lot of like, oh my God, all right, well, I got to help these people. We got to mm-hmm. clean up this mess, you know. Yeah. But, but, but it's also rewarding because you can help people in a certain way. And, of and course. that's why I love. I love this business. I mean, I'm. You're right. Like I do feel people feel bad because it's two years. It's been <laughs> madness. You know. What I mean, everyone's selling for thirty, forty thousand dollars over what anyone should ever expect. But at a certain point in time, like it's going to happen again. Right. Where I'm going to have to go from, hey, we're going to sell your house for this, and people are extremely happy and satisfied. To listen, you know. Unfortunately, you bought too high back in you know X, and this is what we're going to sell for and why. And you know, you just have to be able to translate to people and relate to them. You know, if you go in like a jerk and say, listen, you're going to lose 60 grand, you're going to yeah. lose your shirt. No, you have to manage their expectations, yeah. which you have to do in this market, too. Like, yeah. Newsday comes out with an article, prices are up 10%. Okay, that doesn't oh mean God. your house is worth 10% more. <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah. it's like an overall average. So, like, even that, like, I had a listing com- that was coming out last Monday, and I guess Newsday put out an article mm-hmm. last weekend about, you know, housing prices are soaring, and yeah, yeah. now she wants to raise the price. I'm like... <laughs> I'm like we're already more than I thought. We should. I'm like okay. I'm like yep. no. I'm like we're gonna. We're not gonna do that. We're yeah. gonna just. We're gonna stick with our plan. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's you know managing expectations in a in a seller's market is also something you have to manage your expectations with your buyers because yeah, that's very true. You know they're disappointed now. They're yeah. the ones going out there and. What I try and do with, with and all of the buyers that I work with is that is from the time that I meet them, I just set the expectation right away. Like listen, the market's. You know, absurd right now. It's obviously a seller's market. Every house is getting multiple bids. If you're not going in pre-approved, if you're not going in with, okay, I love this house, let's move on it, you're going to lose out on it. Someone else is going to bid up the house and, you know, you're going to be SOL. So I just try and set the expectation, like, right away when I meet a buyer and just explain, listen, like, don't, you know, it's not nothing I'm doing. If you send me a house or I send you a house that's been on the market for a week and you pass on it and you want to give it some time, you're going to lose it. Absolutely. So it just happened this weekend. I, I've been working with these people for probably six months, honestly, from RBC. And they're buying, you know, house cash. They haven't liked anything. The three or four houses that they have even remotely liked, you know, they sit on it for a week. And then by the time we go back, it's, it's, it's gone. gone. Yeah. So finally, like, I think it took them a couple times to, like, get burned to finally say, like, okay, let's just jump on this house. We saw it at, like, noon. We set up for the inspection at 1 o'clock. Nice. You know, so it finally clicked for them. But it's something that you need to do as, like, a newer agent or even a professional, you know, someone that's been doing it for a long time. You know, you well, have to sometimes you do just have to let them... Yeah. Lose a house. <laughs> I mean, it stinks, but sometimes... You gotta dangle the meat in front of the sometimes you do, I mean, sometimes you do. If they're not listening to you and they're mm-hmm. not taking your advice, you know, what yeah. else are you supposed to do? Very true. So, mean, you can't make them buy You can't buy it for them. No. Like, oh, I just got it for you. You know, Sometimes I see I do want to buy, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you are someone that's also big in social media. So when I said that at the top producer panel, I felt like the... Like, all of a sudden, everyone's like, <gasps> you know what I mean? Like, everyone's like, look at me crazy. You had you, Lisa Yeager, J.D. Lenar, like, all these, you know, seasoned professional top agents, top producing agents for a long time. I'm here 17 months in. Like, you know, so I said social media, which works for me. Might not work for everybody. It clearly works for you, too. It definitely works You have, for like, me. a legitimate cult on Facebook. Like, I don't know if you know that. <laughs> Beth can literally post, like, oh, yeah, just went shopping, got these new lubes, uh, and you'll have, like, 62 comments. Like, sitting in my pool with a margarita today and, like, 62 comments. It's fucking, it's insane. So how did you, I've heard stories about how, like, some of that happened. It kind of happened by accident, yeah. really. Like, it really, like, this was before there were terms like organic Facebook marketing. Like, yeah, yeah. now people, like, 
I probably invented organic Facebook marketing <laughs> back in 2009, but yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. No one did. Facebook yeah, yeah. was so new. There were no paid ads. There was none of that. So yeah. I just started telling funny stories about what I was encountering during the day in real estate because yeah. I was showing a lot of foreclosures and I would just, you know, kind of tell a story about what happened and like people would like jump all over it and then be, be like, well, I want you to help me. And then, you know, as time went on, I, you know, refined more of what I did and, not everyone likes it, I've, so I've, you know, I've changed over the, the years. I actually mm. put my whole house renovation on Facebook back in 2014, 15, and 16, and that got me a ton of business. Really? People, like, people would like message me and be like, what happened at the house today? I didn't, I didn't see an update. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, sorry, I was a yeah. little bit busy. Um, hold on, we got new tile. Like, yeah. you know, and I would run and take a picture of the tile. Like, you know, so it's just about being relatable and I mm -hmm. think being authentic. Yeah. And, you know, I don't just talk about real estate. I talk about my dog. Yeah, um, yeah. I used to talk more about funny dating stories, but I, I've kind of, like, moved away from that because <laughs> I was getting, like, a lot of weird guys <laughs> messaging me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I just try and really be myself and mm -hmm. not make it all about real estate because I think if you make it all about real estate, people are going to start to tune you out. Yeah. People want to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when I go on an appointment, you know, I get there and I've never met the, the person before and yeah. they already feel like we're friends and they already feel like they know me mm -hmm. and it's just sign, sign, sign. It's yeah. not, I don't have to make them trust me. They already trust me. They already know me. They yeah, already, so it's just really cultivating leads for me, but in a very natural way where mm -hmm. I'm not like, I don't set out in the morning like, oh, if I post this, I'll get five leads. Like, yeah, yeah. I just kind of set out to do what I do. And I, it's, like, it's like natural to you too. I mean, it's the same thing with me, like, you know, posting even on my Instagram, like just posting stuff that I'm doing during the day. Like my girlfriend bought me a wine fridge last night. Like, oh, I had five people, six people message me. Oh, that's awesome, whatever. But those are all people that, you know, eventually, you know, they see you that I'm doing real estate. They see everything. They see your lifestyle. They can kind of get to know you. Without right. actually knowing you through social media, which exactly. is kind of messed up, but it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like it's people, weird. you like I see people on social media all the time that I've never met in real estate, but I feel like I literally like if I were to, if they were standing across from me, like I would know, I would be able to have a conversation with them and like say, oh yeah, this is what you do. This is cool, cool, whatever. So I feel like social media kind of allows you to know somebody without actually knowing them, which is weird. Yeah. So in our weird. in our business, it can't just be real estate, real estate, real estate. It's got to be okay. Here's what I did in real estate. Yes, I'm working, but also you know this is what I do lifestyle wise. Like right. I like to play golf or I like to go out to dinner, whatever. So I think that you have a really good balance and it comes natural to you and you've literally built a cult. You know that, right? <laughs> like legitimately built a cult. Like if you said, like come to whatever the address is, Wheeler Road and beat Dan O'Neill up, like you're going to have 110 <laughs> women come here and just beat the shit out of me. <laughs> no, they'll see how cute you are. They won't beat you hey, up. <laughs> thank you. Um, so I, I want to talk to you about work-life balance because you have now built yourself a very good work-life balance. I know you work extremely hard and you have worked extremely hard to get to this point. So for me being under two years, like I have no work-life balance. I'm going to a concert on Saturday and I'm like pulling my hair out because I'm so anxious about it. So you, you know, you're in Florida one month out of the year, right? You go down in January and your business still flows normally. Like you're still selling three or four houses in that month of January. I did, yes. So how did you kind of, like when you first got started for these new agents that are probably two years or less, how did you go from like, you know, busting your ass all day long to now 10 years later, you finally built something where you can relax a little bit? You know, I think it's all... It's all in your head. Mm -hmm. It's really all in your head. And I remember when I first started and I had to show a house at five o'clock on Friday and then somebody else called me and they wanted to see a house at five o'clock on Friday. I freaked out and I ran into my broker's office. I'm like, Susan, Susan, I don't know what to do. I have two people who want to see houses Friday at five. And she goes, breathe, <laughs> number one. <laughs> and number two, offer the other person six or offer them 10 o'clock Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like, that was the beginning of it for me. So like, let's say if I'm getting my hair done tomorrow at two, 
that's just an appointment. So if you want to go see a house tomorrow at 2, yeah, you have an Dan, I'm really sorry. I already have an appointment. Does 5 o'clock work? <laughs> or what about you know 10 o'clock Friday morning? And yeah. it's just really a matter of realizing that people are not going to not work with you because mm-hmm. you're doing something else. And, yeah. you know, it just get into your head that doing something with your family, doing something with your girlfriend, that's also an, an appointment. Yeah. And it's just as an an important appointment as a money-making appointment. And, you know, most of my friends are in real estate, so it does make things a little bit easier because we're very understanding Mm -hmm. of each other. But, you know, there are times where I might be working from the side of my pool. I'm still (laughs) looking at my phone. I'm still, you know, not missing anything, Mm -hmm. but I'm also doing something that I like. I'm hanging out with my dog. I'm laying by my pool. Maybe I have friends over. You just have to get it in your head that the world is not going to end if you go on vacation, if you go to a concert. And like that just comes with, I think, time and feeling more comfortable. Like when I go away, like there's some clients that I tell that I'm going away. There's some clients that they can just, you know, talk to me as if I'm still in New York. And if they need something, you know, you're on a team. Mm -hmm. I, you know, exit... I'm not, I don't have a team, but I have people like within the exit model that I brought into the company yeah, that, um, can that could always help me out. Yeah. And so I always have a backup person. You know, mm-hmm. while I was in Florida, Allison, who is actually a past client of mine and now an, an agent, she took out a bunch of my buyers for me and nice. she would report back to me and then I would, you know, negotiate the offer for them. Yeah. And, you know, two of them got accepted offers while I was away. And I didn't miss a beat and I didn't really, I always tell people it's not going to affect Mm -hmm. you. I promise you, like, I will always have backup for you. Mm -hmm. And it's just in your head, you have to make it right. You have to make a point, yeah. People aren't going to get mad at you because you took your girlfriend to a concert (laughs) on Saturday night. You're allowed to have a good time. You're allowed, I mean, plus it's Saturday night. Yeah, exactly. It's Saturday night. Come on. Um, Live a little. So why, so you've never started a team. I mean, I know you brought a ton of agents into Exit. Like, you could uh, easily be like your own broker. You could easily have your own team. I know that you just have an assistant that works for you, and yes. that's really it. So why did you never go that route? Um, I just <clears throat> don't feel that it's my skill set. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, I'm more of, like, a lone wolf. I like to just, by the time I could explain to someone for, like, you ha- you had to do something, I could yeah, just yeah. do it myself. <laughs> and um, I just, for me, I tried to have a team a few times, and it just ended up where it would be, like, <clears throat> nothing but people just asking me questions all day. Mm-hmm. And wanting to just kind of follow me around and it wasn't really beneficial for anyone. I think it's important um, if you're going to be in this business for a long time to be able to build your own business. So if you just want to take leads from somebody, then you're always going to have to take leads from somebody. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to learn how to go out and hunt. And, you know, for me, it's just most of my business is referral. So it's kind of hard to say, oh, oh, you want to work with me because so-and-so referred you? Okay, go work with Jane. Yeah, yeah. You know, I almost feel like... I would lose business that way where people would be like, oh, Beth doesn't have time for me or doesn't want to work with me. I'd rather make, you know, rather do 50 deals and have them all be my deals than Mm -hmm. do 75 deals and share them with three different people. And then people, then maybe they don't refer me. Maybe they like Jane better. Maybe they like Mark better, you know? So I just, for me, it's just... How did, how did you how did you like get to that point where it's like listen I'm only gonna take referrals like I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna go cold call I'm not gonna go d- knock on doors like did it just click one day where you're like I'm done with this shit um, I, just want, I know, never just get... called or knocked on doors really? it's, I've kind of always been referral and referral like through social media too like yeah, yeah, not yeah. just past client referral a lot of referral through social media people who read my Zillow reviews mm-hmm. I think I have like 128 yeah, Zillow reviews so a lot of people will contact me off of that. 
I kind of consider that a referral. Yeah, yeah. Because it's not like a cold lead where I like had to be like, hi, my name is Beth, and when are you planning on moving kind yeah. of thing, you know? So mm -hmm. really from early on, I always kind of had that. But now I do a lot of selling of houses I already sold. Yeah. So Because everyone's... You know, yeah. people who were my first-time home buyers are now yeah. trading up to, you know, bigger houses, and maybe their little brother is buying a house now. So it's a lot of, it's a lot of like families now where I've helped. Like a couple summers ago, I sold a house to um, Danielle and her husband. Mm. I just sold Danielle's brother and his wife a house. Yeah, you know, yeah. So it's like it's it's all kind of intertwining at this point. Yeah, and it's this perfect time frame too because they bought probably six, seven, eight years ago. And now they're getting ready to buy their forever home, where that might have been the first time home. Whatever. Right. Exactly. So okay, now you have a ton of leadership positions. So president of LIBOR YPN. So what made you get into that? You know, like you just said that, you know, you didn't want to take on, you know, being the team is your leader. Like you have to delegate to all the people that are underneath the team, even a broker, same kind of thing. You're responsible for other people. So now you became the president of LIBOR and YPN. I mean, it's kind of a leadership position. It's definitely a leadership yeah. position. <laughs> it's, it's probably the biggest leadership position there is. So, um, Well, I mean, I was always involved with YPN since mm -hmm. I won the top 20 under 40 award back in 2012. And it just, it really just became hanging out with my friends. You know, yeah. like um, most of my friends are in YPN, you know, Mark Donnelly, Amy Donnelly, Kyle mm. Kelly, Chris Bacchus. You know, these are the people that I hang out with. And it just kind of happened naturally where... A couple summers ago, Mark and Kyle were like, do you want to be, you know, president-elect of YPN? And I was like, well, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> um, but sure. And it's, it's different leadership. You know, it's mm -hmm. leadership in the sense of, like, when I met you at that open house. Yeah, yeah. God, you must have just started in real yeah, estate that, was that like day. Month, and yeah. I was like, you need to join YPN. You know? <laughs> you, meanwhile, Chris got you to finally join. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> you know that it's, it's leadership in a different way. It's me really focusing on trying to build leaders for LIBOR, not necessarily train you to sell real estate. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, it's kind of two different things. So for me, it's just really, I've now that I've been involved, like, when you're YPM president, you also have the spot on the board of directors for yeah. LIBOR. So just seeing what's involved and wanting to change things for the industry and seeing things that, you know, we all don't like, you know, there's two things you can do. You can sit back and complain about it, mm -hmm. or you can get involved and yeah. help to change it. Oh, and man, I have, like, a tour list of <laughs> agents that I cannot stand. Like, well, that is not what this is. <laughs> yeah. Just saying, but... But the biggest turning point for me was actually when I went to Lobby Day for the first time mm -hmm. and got to sit down and talk to our politicians and tell them, you know, what is affecting home ownership on Long Island and the struggles of, you know, people your age. Like, yeah. You guys, like, I'm sure a lot of your friends don't live here. My brother and sister don't live here. Oh, it's yeah. too expensive for them. Yep. So in terms of that, how do we keep Long Island why we all love Long Island? And that, you know, is something that we have to do through legislation. And, you know, the Long Island Board of Realtors, through the Realtors Political Action Committee, RPAC, we're the only unpaid lobbyists out there fighting for a Long Island homeownership. Wow. And that is super important to me. So that really was the turning point for me and what mm -hmm. made me say, okay, if I'm, you know, if I'm YPM president, then I can affect change in this way. And then next year, I'm actually going to be RPAC chair. So I'm going to nice. be in charge of getting all of you guys to invest more in RPAC so we can <laughs> oh, <God>. get more, <laughs> get more things done. And obviously money talks and, you know, mm -hmm. RPAC is our political action committee arm. So it's just really, those things are really important to me because if we're not going to fight for ourselves, then we might as well 
You know, we have a saying, if you're not, if you don't have a seat at the table, then you're on the menu. Yeah. So let's have a seat at the table. <laughs> okay. So how can people get in, uh, enrolled in YPN LIBOR? When's the next event? Do you want to give like a little plug here? Sure. Um, if you're a real estate agent on Long Island, YPN is free to join. And please don't think that you have to be Dan's age to join. It's young in the business, young in age, and young at heart. Um, I fall into the, you know, young at heart category. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Class of 95. Um, so our next event is at Salt Shack in Babylon um, next week. It is from 6 to 9. Um, it's $10 to come. Even if you're, you know, not a real estate agent and you have a business that, you know, could help somebody in real estate, you're more than welcome to come and see what we're all about. We're going to be talking about how to get more involved that night nice. as well as networking. And, you know, I'd love to see you on the board of directors next year and really, you know, start your journey. Absolutely. Um, so what is some advice that you have for a new agent as we wrap this up? Like somebody that's just getting in because there's a ton of people that even went to that top producer panel that like messaged me afterwards. We're on Facebook, whatever. There's a lot of new people getting into real estate. And it's sad because I've seen a ton of people get in and fail. Well, and I mean, the, the statistics on that are like, yeah. it's crazy. And I think the most important thing to do is treat it like it's an actual job. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people get self-employed, confused with independently wealthy, and like <laughs> there's a really big difference there. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're self-employed, you know, you have to get up every day mm -hmm. and go out there and do something. And not just busy work, you know, money-making work. Yeah, you yeah. know, if you don't have any business, knock doors. Yeah, yeah. Cold call Cold people. Call, yeah. You know, use your sphere, which we talk about all the time, but if you sit there and think, oh, I don't know anyone, Go on social media. Yeah. Like if you are, if I, you know, I accept friend requests from <clears throat> people who I went to high school with, people who mm. live locally, because these are all people that you know. How else would you connect with them? A couple, two years ago, I sold a house to somebody I hadn't spoken to since we graduated in 1995. Wow. How did he find me? Yeah. Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's there's so many things out there, and I think you can overthink it and overthink your way into not doing anything. And mm -hmm. I think you know, make sure that you're going to trainings. I don't expect you to go to a training and do everything that the trainer says to do. Take one thing. Take yeah. one thing that Dan does. Take one thing that I does do. Take one thing that uh, Buffini says. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many different things out there, and I just think talk to people. It's really, you know, yeah. be like Lisa Yeager, wear your name badge to stop and shop. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to do that. No, of course. But if you're new, yeah. I mean, and, and have a conversation should, with somebody. Exactly, and you should be able to use the resources of your office too. Like of that course. guy Ken reached out to me, and he's like, "Oh, you know, I had three or four for sale owner appointments, and that's great. Like that's the exact thing that you need to be doing. But you can also use all the resources that are available in your office. So go ask around and do open houses. Right, from do I agents. do an open house for me? Yep. Someone in your office. Exactly. Get, yeah. Get the buyer leads. Ask. Door go knock. door knock around. You know, so you have a purpose if yeah. you feel uncomfortable. Like, that's that's exactly what I would do. Anytime I would have an open house when I first got my license, I would door knock the neighborhood three times. Not two hundred houses, but I mean, you know, 10, 15 each way. And I would go and I would door knock and I would say, Hey, listen, we're doing an open house over here. If anyone's cars are in your way, I'm very sorry. Here's my card. They're very simple, not like, you know, harassing right. them. Second open house Call or me, second time. There's, there's a car blocking your door. Exactly. I like, so I like that. That's so then this, good. the second time, you know, I would door knock again and say, Hey, listen, um, you know, we actually just wound up selling the house, you know, it sold for whatever X amount. You actually have a little bit of a nicer house. Like, you know, if you ever have any thoughts of selling or maybe finding out what it would be worth, here's my card. And then the third time, you know, I would, I would just go back and, and do it multiple times. So that way they keep seeing me, keep seeing me, keep seeing me. Um, and it worked out really well. And people would call me, you know, nothing drives me more crazy than when I sell a house and then the neighbor's house gets listed. <laughs> because that means I didn't do my job the right way. You know what I mean? That means I was lazy. And it happens all the time. It happens. It, and it, it, it could have nothing to do with you, too. Yeah. Like, their uncle's brother's sister I know, could I know, be a I real estate agent. Yeah, and, yeah. and also, I think, don't 
forget about doing things like send a handwritten note. Yeah. Like so the other day I was doing a home inspection and I was actually dump it had just poured like the night before and my clients had already moved so all of their like garbage cans and mm-hmm. were all filled with water. So I'm standing on the driveway dumping everything out and the neighbor comes over and she's like, "Oh, are you moving in?" And I'm like, "No, I'm actually the real estate agent." She's like, "Oh, when you're done there, can you come over and tell me what my house is worth? <laughs> and, you know, I ended up talking to her and I was like in my gym clothes because like I wasn't even planning to go to this home inspection, but the electric wasn't working and I had to like race there to see what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I ended up, I followed up with her with a handwritten thank you note yeah, immediately yeah. with my card in it again. And I just think doing stuff like that will set you apart because yeah, absolutely. I don't even like most of my mail gets recycled before I even go in the house. But if you like get a handwritten note, you're like, yeah. oh, my God, am I invited somewhere? Did, somebody, <laughs> did someone send me a present? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like exciting. And because it's not the norm anymore. Like, don't yeah. follow email. Like, yeah, do you, yeah. I don't even like I don't open most of my emails no, these either. days. I think I have 160 right now. Oh, you probably I probably have more. But, like, <laughs> I just don't, I don't even open them. People are like, doesn't that drive you crazy? I'm like, no, because it's like useless. I just. Yeah. No, but a handwritten note, you know, following up like that will yeah. make you stand out for sure. Especially as a newer agent too. If you don't have like the Zillow reviews, you know, if you don't have 158 Zillow reviews, go knock on doors, go pass out cards, go handwrite notes, do the open houses, make the cold calls. Um, and I appreciate you coming on as we wrap up. So thank you everyone for tuning in again this week. Uh, thanks for everyone that's been listening. Thanks for all the feedback. Thank you to Beth Lowe. Thank you for join having YPN, me. Join YPN, join LIBOR, uh, come to the event. I think it's August 6th, right? August 6th. At Salt Shack in Babylon. My 10 year anniversary in real estate. Is that why you did it? No. <laughs> we have to get the dates approved. It's the yeah. whole process. All right, all right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yes, and, thank you. Uh, thanks again, everyone.